Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening for listening to my podcast, uh, "The Truth That Heals." I'm your host, Ryan Anthony Hernandez, and I'm here coming to you from San Antonio, Texas. Uh, I just came back actually from a a healing conference. Uh, it was a Catholic conference on healing and deliverance, and it was held in Austin. And I wanted to share share about it with y'all because. Um, well, it kind of reflects my podcast on on the, the beauty of healing. And one thing that I really liked was um uh like in within the conference, there's a time where they have like a, a special workshop where they pray they pray with you. So so you're with a couple people and it's very private and since the goal is, you know, to reach healing uh so what they had had me do was you know think of something that i needed i needed healing from and uh i don't have to say the names out loud i can whisper it and it's very as i said it's very private but the idea is you identify what is uh this particular uh memory or incident that has left a mark or impression in your heart, in your soul, in your mind, and you identify it. You like lock on, and you you name it, and and so you identify it, you name it, and then uh, together um, you pray for healing in in that uh, in that zone in your life. So I think it was very beautiful because uh, the the beauty of it is that you know although it's very private, it's very confidential, but you're able to uh, speak up about you know those traumas or those pains, and no one's gonna shame you, no one's gonna embarrass you, or no one's gonna say, "Oh my gosh, that happened to you." I mean, it's it's nothing like that. It's very. Uh, peaceful and the cool thing is that uh they're praying with you and i i really found that uh very beautiful and uh, a cool thing is that uh, since i left the religious community um well after i left the religious community i attended one conference which was actually from my group uh i ended up getting kicked out <laughs> of that conference and I asked, why am I getting kicked out of this conference? I'm just here for some spiritual nourishment, guys. Like, come on. And the reason they gave me was because I'm an I'm an ex-brother. So I'm I'm a I'm a bad person for being an ex-religious. So they kicked me out. And that was my last time going to a religious retreat or conference. That was in I think 2015, towards the end, maybe 2016. And so since 2016, I haven't, I hadn't gone to a conference one because it hasn't really uh, grabbed my attention. And two, I'm just, I've been so busy working and uh, just doing my, my own prayers and just going to mass. But, you know, now that I'm doing this, these blogs and this podcast, I feel like God is really opening amazing doors and, you know, like the week after I named this thing, The Truth That Heals, or actually after a, a friend of mine gave me that suggestion, just a few days later, my friend uh, Liz Grant, uh, she gives me this invite to this uh, amazing 
uh, conference in Austin on healing. So I said, okay, God, um, I think this is uh, very interesting and I am not going to ignore this call. So I'm going to go. And I, I found that to be very beautiful. And I wanted to share that with you because, uh, you know, I'm not trying to, to be a, I'm not trying to be like pathetic in my podcast. Uh, some might mistake that I'm just trying to do like a sob story just to get attention or just to get people's um, uh, sympathy. And no, that's that's not my intention. My intention is really to uh, hopefully that, you know, by my lifestyle and although I'm not Mr. Perfect, hopefully me by, you know, speaking up and, you know, with the intention of healing, not just for myself, but for for the church and for the world, uh, people won't be afraid to to tell their truth. Uh, a problem that I see, though, is that, uh, well, with me, people will tell me, hey, if you're not healed, then you shouldn't tell your story. You should just, you know, shut the hell up about it and wait a few more years. And the problem with that is, you know, time goes by and as time goes by, maybe uh, more crimes could be happening or more abuses. Uh, so I think now is the perfect time. Now that I'm I'm in a good place mentally, spiritually, emotionally, I can I can tell what happened, not out of anger, but with the hopes that some things can be done. Uh, people can learn from it, you know, within the church. People can learn, you know, even outside the church, how things can go right when the community is under good leadership and how things can go totally wrong when you're under a cult-like uh, narcissist uh, psychopath. So I wanted to to share that it's it's okay to share your story and it's it sucks when people look at you for telling your story and say, oh, um, you just want attention when that's not that's not the truth at all it's not for attention to me it's a i want attention to the problems because if if we can't look at the problem how the hell is there going to be a solution if i can't be real with with myself um how can i be real with my future wife or with my friends so i i have to be real i have to be real with with you guys and uh, I, I wanted to get this off my chest because a lot of people think that it's better to remain quiet. And if you may, if you remain quiet, uh, it'll all go away like a, like a dream, like it never happened. And my idea is that it's better to talk about it to prevent it from happening again. I mean, that's why we have history books. So you you remember or not really, you, you, you read or you listen to stories of the past so that these atrocities, these crimes aren't committed again and you can learn it and we can make solutions, hopefully peaceful solutions. And uh, right now um, within the community that I, that I was in, what I'm seeing is that those cult-like members, and I know that pisses some people off that I say cult-like, but hey, that's, that's what it is. So I'm not going to tiptoe around it anymore. So these call-like members, uh, they've they've gone their own way. So in my opinion, they're pretty much schismatic. 
I I don't know if they're really Catholic or not because of of what they're doing. They're really lying to the people. They're they're being frauds parading as religious. And then you have the other group, the the ones who really are trying to to be faithful to the teachings of Christ and you know being uh, being kind, uh, being uh, able to pray together. And I I, I look at at these two groups and it's it's unfair that the mistakes or the crimes of the bad ones gets thrown on the good ones so i want to make it clear that um that i still do love the religious life religious life uh but uh we can't uh play dumb to the crimes that were committed and yes it was very much a cult uh very uh, cult-like tactics and um, one thing that cults do when you leave is they put a lot of shame they tell you to to be quiet they I, they ignore you they cut communication and that's how I felt when I went to their conference uh, a few years I, it was actually like a few months after I left the group so I went to this conference and I drove all the way to a certain state and then they were like, uh, you need to get out of here. And I was asking, well, why? I asked permission from so-and-so. And they told me, well, yeah, well, um, that's not real permission. And uh, you're an ex-brother. You're not one of us. So you need to, you need to get lost. So they, they said it pretty much. pretty. I mean, they said it worse than that. <laughs> um, I'm not going to say that whole story right now. But, you know, they were really mad. And I got pissed off too. And I told them, hey, you're not going to talk to me like that. And anyways, it was a, it was like a little verbal argument. And anyways, uh, that's what cults do. You know, once once you leave, they put that, that narrative that you're the bad person, you're evil, and blah, blah, blah. And for the longest time, I had it in my mind that, oh, my goodness, I'm an evil person. I'm bad because I left them. But I think that. God is bigger than this religious community. God is bigger than that cult-like uh, group. And thank God that uh, the good members who stayed and who really are uh, working on improving and perfecting uh, their lifestyle, they're very transparent with the people, with uh, the church. And I find it beautiful that, you know, they're, they're open to like psychology, to uh, mental health, uh, spiritual health, nutrition, and a beautiful prayer life, uh, missionary life. So I, I full heartedly support them. Uh, sometimes I kind of wish, oh man, maybe I should go back. <laughs> but uh, God has other plans for me. And um, I, but uh, now with my podcast and this episode, I kind of wanted to to talk about that, about um, you know, setting the the record straight. And. Uh, I'm going to take a little break here, but when we come back, I wanted to uh, to continue where I left off on my last my last podcast because I was when I left off, I was with a a rough superior who really gave me a hard time, and uh, my mind was really going crazy. So uh, when we come back from break, I'm going to jump into what was it that really. Uh, broke all of my hope, which really brought me to like to despair, like the worst despair. And I wanted to share that with you so that 
uh, hopefully you can learn uh, and, you know, pray for me and pray for, for those people who, who did bad things. And um, so I'll, I'll stop it there and uh, we'll be back right after this break. So in my last podcast, I was sharing how I was sent back to the Philippines and I was in this mountain jungle area. And to be honest, I loved the first few months because I was with a superior there who actually believed in me. He believed in my talents. He believed in encouraging me. And it was a beautiful time under his direction. And although I already wanted to leave, um, at least that was what I had already intended. Um, under his, his direction, I at least felt uh, in peace uh, being there. And it all changed when... Uh, we had the new superior come in and I was sharing how how he was kind of a kind of a jerk and in the homilies he would you know put me down other brothers down and how he was very homophobic I'm not a homosexual and I'm not trying to put down homosexual homosexuals at all uh, but in his homilies or in one of his talks he was uh indirectly he didn't mention my name but he was indirectly pointing me out as a homosexual which kind of pissed me off and you know whatever um but something happened after that so i kind of wanted to to jump into this story and this story was uh actually during a a recreation so in the religious life or in the community that that i was in we would have uh, recreational periods. It could be like once every three months or once every six months, once a year, maybe it depends. But it was a, it was a time to have a break and to be relaxed. And so we're in Cebu and we had this, uh, this friend of ours who was a lay person, totally awesome person, beautiful person, beautiful heart. But, um, she has this place uh, off of one of the islands in Cebu. And um, so we went to, you know, visit her and, uh, you know, eat over there and, you know, spend time relaxing. And it's, if you haven't been to the Philippines, uh, you can Google pictures of, uh, of the islands and it's so beautiful. And uh, we were going scuba diving and Anyways, it was fun. It was it was like for me, it was it was a great break because it's something that I had never done. I never done scuba diving and I hadn't gone swimming in for years. So it was a good break, but I was still with that weird superior. And I had always felt that he had like a jealous thing or something. I'm not sure what his problem was. But anyway, so he's in in the ocean swimming and I'm on the shore. Uh I'm I'm talking to to the lay people and nothing's nothing's wrong everything's just normal. But anyway, so this priest comes out, this mean weird superior, and he sees me talking to the people. And oh, and, and another thing, uh, they offered me pizza, and it's rude to uh, to say no. So yeah, I I had a, a slice of pizza. But if you had listened to my previous podcast, I had explained that everything needed to be done with permission. So I was so scared 
when I was being offered a slice of pizza and when uh, they came to talk to me because everyone, everyone else was swimming and I was, uh, uh, on the, I was still on the beach, uh, not in the water, but anyways, I had this fear that if I do anything, something bad is going to happen. So, but out of respect and, you know, we are, we're trained. It's like, it's like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. You're trained to be respectful to lay people. And if they offer you food, you know, you respectfully uh, take a bite and you talk to them. But then at the same time, if you do anything without permission, oh, Lord, God forbid, uh, you're going to get in trouble. So anyways, um, I hesitated, but, you know, with a big fake smile on my face, you know, I take a slice of pizza and I'm just praying, Lord, I hope. I hope no one sees me because I know if someone sees me, I'm going to get accused of an, another bogus thing. I'm probably going to get uh, another solitary confinement, isolation, fasting. Uh, so, Lord, please like, don't allow them to see me. Uh, but, I mean, there's nothing that I can do. Uh, so, anyways, to make it uh, go by faster, the bad superior comes out of the beach right as I am taking a bite of the pizza and he looks at me and he's smiling and you know to the untrained eye it's just a normal smile everything's fine it's a beautiful day everyone is laughing and enjoying their time but he gave me that look and that look it was like you know when when a lion sees its prey you know uh, an injured uh, deer or something, an injured zebra. I was like, oh, this is easy kill. So he looked at me kind of like, I got you. I got you. So I smiled it off and I'm trying to just be calm. And he didn't say anything, but okay. So I, I let the day continue. So after that, we're back, we're in our room because we had a big, uh, like, uh, I don't know where it was. It was like in a it was in a, at a resort. <laughs> it was like a, we had like a big, huge hotel room. But anyways, and this was a once in a lifetime uh, experience. It wasn't like I we did this every three months uh, during my time there. This is my first time uh, doing this in my eleven years. Uh, I wish they would have done it more. But anyways, so we're we're in our big room uh, and. We have a, a chapel set up for our prayers, and it was very, it was very dark. And I want, I want the listeners, especially if you have children or siblings who are, who are, or who were in this uh, community, to really listen, because maybe my experience is something that they have experienced themselves, but people don't talk about it. So it's, we're in the chapel, we're, I think we're having mass, we're about to have mass, but before mass, we're praying our vespers, and there's not that much light. I just remember we have all these candles set up, and you have the the Blessed Sacrament, and you have the altar, and uh, this priest, right as, as prayers is about to begin, he starts, he starts naming uh, brothers. Uh, for example, uh, brother, brother uh, Benjamin. Oh, uh, he's uh, he was late. Uh, we're gonna have to uh, give him a beating. And so, 
So they were doing that. He was he was doing that. So, and I saw the look on many of the the brothers' faces, like okay. So you know the brothers who were who were named, they'd have to come to the front of the uh, the chapel and lay down, and uh, someone was picked to uh, to whip uh, these violators or whatever. And just to give also more context, this was probably my 10th year in the community, and I had been through so much uh, bullshit already that I was ready to explode. Because one, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't right. Two, we're in the chapel. It's supposed to be a safe place to pray to God and, you know, to really worship. And three, um, it was very, um, it really broke a lot of hearts that day. And um, anyway, so I see them getting beat and no one can say anything. So he's, he's giving some people like, okay, 20 whips, uh, the next person, 15 lashes. Then he calls me and he's like, okay, brother Joseph, I need you to come, come here. And I, I was already defensive. And I said, why, what did I do? And he goes, you're eating pizza. And I said, why do I need to get beaten for eating pizza? We're here on recreation. I didn't do anything wrong. Why am I going to get beat for that? And he starts throwing, oh, uh, these brothers, they saw you, uh, Two brothers, they saw you eating uh, at McDonald's uh, a few days ago. And it's true. I, I did go to McDonald's. And the funny thing is that those brothers who accused me, uh, they were eating burgers. And I was just getting a, <laughs> I was just getting a coffee, French fries, and maybe an uh, apple pie. You know, very, very small, very small meal while they were eating burgers. And I... Well, anyway, so this priest throws that out. You were you were at McDonald's the other day in Consolacion, Cebu. How can this be? So you need to do reparation for, for your sins. And I spoke up. What is wrong with me doing that? Then he speaks up. Oh, then another another uh, priest, he said that he saw you uh, having a coffee. And I told him, why am I going to get beat? For that, I didn't. I didn't do anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with getting a cup of coffee, dude. And I am shaking because this is really my first time speaking out and trying to, you know, save my ass. And he tells me it's either you take it these these lashes, or I'm gonna make sure you get kicked out of this religious order. And just so you understand, um, and I think this happens to a lot of cults. Where there's like a, a a super shame of leaving the wrong way, and I hesitated. But then he, this priest was saying, "Okay, if you don't make a decision to come down here and lay down and take those lashes, then uh, I'm gonna kick you out. I'm gonna find a way to kick you out, and you better hurry up and make that decision." So uh, he he assigned one of the brothers to do a countdown. If by when I count to num when he counts to to ten, if you're not down here, I'm gonna make sure you leave in shame. So this brother, I and I looked at the brother, and it looks like he wants to cry. And I have I have no anger for him or anyone else out there. 
but I saw the pain that he had. And these are my comrades. These are my buddies. These are the people who I prayed with, whom I've suffered with, whom I've cried with. And it just breaks my heart to, to remember their pain. You know, seeing their pain is more traumatizing. Remembering their pain is more traumatizing than actually remembering my pain. So this brother is counting down one, two, three. And then I was thinking, damn, I don't want to go home like in the shame of me getting kicked out for uh, who knows what they'll say because they always bend the truth. So I went up there and I I took my my lashes. I don't remember how many lashes they were. And I don't even remember the pain. But afterwards, I when I got up, I tried to look down because there's just so much darkness around me and so much shame. And I, I hear some of the brothers, you know, coming up to me and they're like, hey, you didn't deserve that. No, we're praying for you. And, and that is what made me cry. That is what made me, um, made me feel, you know, God, why are you allowing this, uh, this extreme, extreme confusion uh, in my heart, in my soul, in my body? And it was at that moment where I broke and I was like, I can't trust these people anymore. Uh, I can't, or at least I can't trust uh, these certain superiors because I mean, I'm getting beaten up. I'm getting slapped. I'm getting put in solitary confinement. And then when I'm with the good ones, you know, they're really pushing me to, you know, go beyond my limits. And I feel so alive when I'm with the good members of the community, so I'm really so mixed up. And uh, when when we got back to our home, which was up in the mountain <laughs> in the jungles, you know, after that I had become like so quiet. Uh, I would be up on the roof, and I just I had like no point of living. It's just I was just a robot, and I'm thinking I'm thinking to myself, Lord, how am I gonna get how am I going to get out of this? There's no way. I, I I don't know what to do. I'm I'm stuck with the superior. He's also my spiritual director, and I have no guidance. So I'm going to end it here. But I just wanted to share with you because many people don't know my story. I mean, you have your story, and there's some who really want to do a podcast or a blog, and I strongly encourage it because everyone's story. Although similar, there's not always that uh, exact uh, timeline or exact situation. So I wanted to share mine uh, because I think I think that if I speak up, that other people won't feel alone because I, for sure, felt so alone. I felt so abandoned. I felt so despised because. All these things were happening to me. I'm getting beaten up. And uh, like I said earlier, it's it's not a sob story. It's a true story. And hopefully uh, this, this reaches the hearts of those who did abuse me, those who did hurt me. And I pray that they understand that I do offer them forgiveness. But at the same time, uh, with forgiveness, there is a healing process, not only for me, but also for them. And for those who witnessed me me and the other brothers getting uh, beaten up, uh, whipped. 
So I want to end it there, but uh, please um, continue to pray for these people who are in the church and other um, other positions, not only in the church, but let's say in uh, in the government or wherever else, where they're in position, they're in a position where they can really do so much good. They can do so much building up, but instead they are wolves in sheep's clothing. So please uh, let us continue praying for them. Uh, at the same time, let us continue educating ourselves. And instead of silencing victims, or instead of saying, oh, it's just a sob story, uh, to take a time to listen and maybe think, hmm, maybe I also need healing and to be open to that instead of uh, blocking it off. So thank you for listening to my podcast. I wish you all the best and stay tuned for the next episode next week. God bless. Bye-bye.